I mean, there we'll are people who tried to people tried to mutiny against General George Washington. Yeah. Even he faced mutiny. Some people yeah. just hate their own country. Benedict Arnold. Some people just hate the place they um, are. What's interesting is that you see that like no matter what the <laughs> cause is. Like there were yeah. there were black people in the civil rights movement that were against the civil rights movement. Yeah. Like, oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Just hate yeah. them. Just you hate know them. So funny? It's so funny to see somebody pretend that they were for a thing after the historical moment has passed. Right. Yup. I was with you all along. Brother, you lying. Whatever. <laughs> you took the money. Another one of my favorite things is to like see people who talk about how like, oh man. Man, like back in the civil rights days, I would have marched with Dr. King, but they're like protesting CRT. And I'm like, you are, you already know what side of the line you would have been on. Come on, let's be real. Come on, son. Let's let's put you back to Ruby Bridges. And would you not be Come throwing on, rocks son. at that little girl? Let's Come just on, be say it. All righty, I'm going to go ahead and turn the video off. Josh, it's all on you, sir. Yeah, man. I'll be here suffering in my first world country. Alex is looking up. This shit's wild. I mean, in World War II, there were people who were like, I want the Nazis to win. I, okay, ma'am, you then. Go to Germany. <laughs> like, right, go to Germany, fam. I don't need you here. <laughs> Why are you here right now? Right. Oh, no. I did something different, and because I didn't spend a lot of time on my computer, I, I did all my notes for today on my phone because I forgot that my phone has a notes app that I can, like, write stuff down on. Um, and so, like, I have to keep, like, unlocking my phone <laughs> to look at what my next conversation point is. Uh, and so I, I just did it now and I thought it was interesting that I did this instead of like making a word doc. I literally have a word doc for every every one of our shows that we've done uh, via Zoom as, since I had this computer anyway. Um, and yeah, um, I, I unless I copy and paste this thing, I don't think I'll have these notes. Uh, Reddit, why are you like this? Reddit, I don't know. I used to call Reddit the armpit of the internet, but that was before I really explored 4chan. Oh! Oh! Oh, God, yeah. 4chan is the armpit and the fucking pube hair and the... No, I think I think a good way crack. to describe it is like, Reddit is the armpit and 4chan is the ass crack. Of the exactly, internet. exactly. It's exactly what it is. 4chan is the worst place on earth. Literally, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. It's so, yeah. I, I thought Reddit was bad. 4chan is so bad. So bad. So yeah. bad. Like, I, don't, I, I don't ever want to encourage people to go to 4chan, but I also think people should go there one time and realize like, oh, there are there, there are crazy people out there. Yes. Like, really, and they share things truly. amongst themselves yeah. all the time. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Like, the, the, the crazy, like Reddit has some pretty crazy discussions, but those discussions are usually pretty tame. There it is. 4chan gets... Nuts. nuts absolute nuts nuts yeah no people should like take a trip through into the sewers just to see like how ugly it really is and how crazy and ugly and hostile and terrifying some of these people actually are like yeah. you work with these people. yes you do you work next to some you work next to someone who goes on 4chan is one of these <sighs> people yeah all right all right i'm ready to do this I'm, you ready god damn it well you sounded excited to talk about fascism oh now i'm not excited yeah. <sighs> alex hates the fascies as he should so look, look, all right. I say, I, I, Anthony, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So Anthony and I had a discussion about lynching. I presume we're gonna have that conversation on in this pod, Anthony. We could if it comes up. We could. Okay. Um. So and I say, and it was like, so there, there's a, there's this idea of a public, of a, of a private lynching legally. 
there's this idea of a private lynching. And I, I posed and he was like, no. Nah. And I was like, so if I have a bunch of billionaires over at my house and I do a Vlad and I just decide to do a Vlad, I, I channel my, say, uh, say, my inner fate stay night and I summon Vlad the Impaler and we just impale a bunch of American oligarchs. And I put them outside, like I, I make a fence of the essay uh, of their dying bodies. Is this a private lynching? And I, anyway. I, I bring this, I bring this up because as much as I hate oligarchs, I I also hate fascists. <laughs> Underneath the core of it, Alex loves his country and hates <laughs> and hates traitors as much he, as I do. He loves he loves his country enough to kill people for it. I tell people I love my country like I love my kids deeply but with an acknowledgement that sometimes it fucks up and just like my kids if you turn on my country i will fuck have a problem with you fuck around and yeah. find out like i i said i i said that the, the country like the country definitely but like if you turn on like the human race i i yeah. take oh, i yeah. take umbrage with that as a oh, member yeah. of the human race and oh, yeah. you For die sure. i personal personal feelings aside you have to die, and I recognize that. And I'm sorry. That just sucks. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just imagining him twisting the knife. I'm so sorry. It didn't have to be this. Way. <laughs> it didn't have to be. You chose to be a traitor to us all. You uh, didn't have to you do chose this. <laughs> I tried to convince you not to. I'm saying one day okay. I'm going to stab you over this. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and get started. So we were, we're gonna <laughs> exactly yes, Jesse. twist the knife for the greater good, the greater exactly. good of the human race. All right, three, two, one. Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media pages. We try to find the news that matters most to both us, to both us and our voters, and we encourage our legislators to listen and to act on what they hear. I'm your host, Joshua Hyde, and with me today are data analyst Alex Crohannon, also known as Professor X, sometimes host of Recap and one of our newest writers, and we have the greatest writer of all time, Anthony Arnold with us today. How you guys Yes, doing? yes, all praise the goaded one. I told you I would do it. I told you I would. Uh, <laughs> that's no fun. That's no fun. Do, do you want to be the greatest of all time too? No, no, I don't. He's <laughs> already like the most powerful mutant in the universe. What <laughs> <laughs> is this? Uh, look, if if I had <laughs> Professor Xavier's tel- uh, telepathy, the world would be a very different. Place. His trend report yeah. would not exist if he was Professor X. So there's, there's that. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get it started, Mister X. Uh, so, AF Pack, our AF Pack, Ass Pack. I don't know how we're supposed to say this. Um, concluded on Sunday, and you're like, all right. You say a lot of acronyms. What's AFPAC? I'm happy you asked. AFPAC is American First Political Action Conference. So this is, uh, are you familiar with CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference? So this is the, this is the far right alternative. These are for the people who got kicked out of CPAC for being Nazis. You're too Nazis. You're too much of a Nazi for like mainstream Republicans to like tolerate you. So they decided to all get together and they did their own thing. So on Tuesday morning, Florida representative uh, Matt Gates 
introduced uh, Nick Fontes. I think I'm saying his name right. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't concern myself with the lives of bastards. So, um, and uh, I'm just going to do some quotes here. Um, uh, now they're going on about Russia and Vladimir Putin is Hitler. And they say that's not a good thing. Putin is a personal hero of mine. And at one point, sparking a brief chance of Putin, Putin, Putin. Okay. At the climax of his speech, he uh, issued what was, uh, what could only be, I'm just going to read it. To every rhino, every lying journalist, every carjacker, gangbanger, illegal immigrant, every OnlyFans whore, every mobbed up politician and pundit on the payroll of some Middle Eastern country, to the people who have looted our wealth, addicted our youth to drugs, thrown open our borders to invaders from all over the world, to the corrupt that have sold out our country and our people, we are coming for you. You think you can replace us? You're wrong. We will replace you because he's a Nazi. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's a traitor it's... and a Nazi. And I don't know what else to say about it, but I have to talk about it because there's a Nazi <laughs> espousing fascist and Nazi ideology in main in relatively mainstream conservative circles. And as say and chant and as cringy as the uh, as the USA chant in uh, say at the at Biden's State of the Union, as bad as that was, at least they had the right country. At least they were chanting USA and not the name of a glorified bastard who will go down in history as just another name in the long list of bastards who have done terrible things to people in the world. Like, I don't even know. I, I can't even. And so this is, I, I couldn't let this go. So we had to talk. About we should. It. There were four elected officials who spoke for you. We should name it. We should name yeah. and shame them. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor green, Lieutenant governor, Janet McGetchen, Paul Gosar, Rep. Paul Gosar, and Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers all spoke. Yep. So, I mean, that it they chose to give public speeches at a thing where a person is favor it, it believes being compared to Hitler is a favorable cop. That was a choice they made. So <laughs> it is fair to highlight that choice and go, I don't know. What are we gonna do, guys? They're inside the house now. Yeah. Si some of them are sitting in Washington, D.C. With the feet up. Yeah, the with their feet up. Just, yep. just yep. making yep. themselves comfortable. And this makes me violently upset. Oh, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's one. The white supremacists portray Black Americans as an inherently violent group of people, stating that the U.S. justice system is not broken, but that the minority population might just so happen to commit the majority of crimes. So uh, saying that other countries don't have a crime problem because they don't have as many people of color as we do. The audience responded by chanting, lock them up. That's what this conference is. And that's what these elected officials were choosing to give a speech at. And, and you know what? <laughs> you know what the problem is? They're elected officials. And that, that, that's that's part of the problem, because these people were put in this position of power by other people. And there were people at that conference that share that belief. That was real. Yep. Like this was a group of people who heard this and thought it was so good that they joined the chance. Yep. And I just I can't help but look at them and wonder how it got 
to this? Like, how did how did this become so far away? I know we talk a lot about like Republicans and Democrats and left and right. And there's a lot of people who I don't think actually understand how this is broken down in America. Like I, I think the problem that people often run into is the fact that when people admonish like the right, usually what they're, what they have a problem is, is it with like the, the, you know, the moderate conservatives It's with these, these people, like the, the problem that we often have is with this very vocal, what often feels like a majority. And I just, (laughs) I mean, here's a here's a hell of an exchange from this conference this year. So you guys know, I'm sure, who Joe Arapo is, former sheriff of Arizona. So he was sort of known it's for another bastard. Yeah. So he gave. And so at this event, he said, uh, "I had the biggest, I had the reputation for being the biggest racist in the country." The audience started clapping. Arapo said, "What are you clapping for? I'm not." <laughs> like, bro, you came to a racist event. I'm sorry. Did you not know? <laughs> My bad, dog. They're clapping for the racist part. Like, wait. That wasn't supposed to be the applause line. Oh my God, what have I stumbled into? Yep. A Nazi convention. A Nazi convention. Oops. I, I mean, yeah, like, and look, not to, to put the jokes aside, obviously I've been playing it a little looser because, I, you know, you guys like whatever. But like, look, I said it on a previous podcast, obviously I don't think it's an actual joke, but like, yes, there are people who hate their own country and there are people who want to sow chaos and division and who want to drive the rest of us apart. And who want to use their words and their hatred in such a way that they make political coalitions impossible, that they make running a functional country impossible. There's, these people exist. They have existed in every country throughout time. It doesn't matter how affluent or successful your country is. It doesn't matter what the politics of your country are. Some people, for whatever reason, just want to be somewhere else. They just don't like the place they're at. That's just a thing inside of them. They're just not content and they never will be. And you can't. When you have stuff like First Amendment protections, you can't tell the government to just tell them to shut up. We, society, have to agree. Whatever problems we have with each other, these people want something way worse for all of us. So we can keep our fighting in the house, and then we can all agree to keep our house safe from this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will fight you, normal conservatives. I will fight you tooth and nail on a lot of stuff. Some like normal liberals, I'll fight you tooth and nail on a lot of other on other stuff. It's fine. As long as we all agree, we all got to fight mean, them. Francine asked, "What would America look like if they win?" I, I think their well, their speeches uh, seem to indicate. We already got Trump in office. I'm just uh, saying, okay. uh, an ethno state. Francine. Uh, they want an ethno state. Nick France, Nick, Nick Francis described the attack on the Capitol as a historic Patriot Day. He said that it was one of the proudest days of his life, saying January 6th was awesome. And this so is that the, gives you an idea of what so, America and would this, be like. and, and this is the unfortunate part of like the most unfortunate part of all of this, because this is just the nature of this is the nature of fascist movements that they, they will say that if they come into power, they will exercise their power and they will be cruel to the say to the uh, to their targets uh, that they have uh, that they were able to ride the wave of hate on and uh, nothing will fundamentally change. They will just continue to eat more and more people as um because they have, they can't actually come to terms with the systemic problems that have caused all of these issues. The, all that they can do is be angry and direct the hate at other at other people. And in order to stay on top, you have to keep directing the hate somewhere else. 
and and eventually you run out of people to direct the hate at, and then it gets directed at them, and then uh, and then it, it say and then it yep. will eat itself. Yep. Yes, the fascism is an all-consuming beast. It, yep. it is. It's the Ouroboros. It is the dog chasing its tail. It 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 has no other. It has no other function. All that it yep. can do is consume the first. To say the last in first, and everyone yep. else in order. Yeah, and and it is crucial to keep this sort of inclinations at arm's length. It is really vital that you do it. And doing so as a society requires us to agree on some sort of shape that we would like our society to be. And then agree that, again, whatever our conflicts are, maintaining that shape, maintaining that discipline is necessary for all of us. Like your flights over climate change means nothing if they win, nothing. It is irrelevant. You can fight over CRT and climate change and anything. It is irrelevant if they win. If they gain uh, increasing toeholds in Congress, it's irrelevant. If you get more fascists in Congress, I, we're all losing. We're all losing everything forever until they're gone. Like that's not like gone off earth, but like gone off of positions of power. The Republican Party has to band together with the Democrat Party. Go whatever right. the fuck it takes, keep them out. Work together to keep them out. We will help you nominate literally any other Republican in your district. Like, hey, Democrats, you have a war chest. You have an extra war chest that you're not using. This normal Republican is fighting a fascist. You should donate some of your money to the normal Republican because he's fighting a fascist. (laughs) He needs all the help, including your help and their help and everybody's help. That's the that's the like the important moment here is that. In a lot of four, so states decide how primaries get run and red states for, uh, say, for a host of reasons, want their primaries like done very quickly. They want their program primaries uh, decided very quickly and they want their primaries decided only by their voters. So Republicans, this is on you. You have to fix this. There's nothing. There's no... There's no one else who can come to save you. There's no one else who can help you. You have to just save yourselves and been like, all right, they are crazy. And anyone to the left of that is better. Yep. Like I got no love lost for the Mitch McConnell's of the world. But if you were like Mitch McConnell or Marjorie Taylor Greene, give me Mitch all day long. I I have not liked a single thing the man has done as a member of the Senate. Not one. But like, Yo, he's not a traitor. Mitch doesn't like go to Nazi conventions to give speeches. I can yeah, work with that. I can work with being a non-traitor. I'm saying that's not true, Francine. But as they there, there are so Francine said to the well, left, to the left right. is the centrist. No, 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 no. To the is. far right is like to the right. They are Nazis. Anyone to the left of Nazi. Is there's a lot of space between Nazis and centrism. Anyone in that that region. Like, yeah. You anyone. got Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, Mitt Romney. There's a whole bunch to choose from. Anyone. Literally so guys, anyone. Say, do you remember? Do you remember Mitt Romney ran for president? Right. Remember when he was the voice of your party? Because I remember Paul Ryan, William Barr, all to the left of Nazis. <laughs> Will, William Barr is just left of Nazi. Can we? Mike can we Pence ha- is left of Nazi. Oh yeah, Mike Pence is certainly left. And that of dude Nazi. is super conservative. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Mike Pence is like, I don't really care for gay people, but I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> I, I will draw my lines in the sand, and this is what. <laughs> I mean, he literally did. 
thank God, Mike Pence literally on January 6th was like, I'm not going to I'm not the going to be a traitor. To the fascists? Not, not going to be do. a traitor. That's, right. And good on you. You you will yeah. Mike Mike Pence, Mike Pence. I I because I, I know you listen. <laughs> we're we are from your home state of Indiana. I know that you're listening and we appreciate you. You will go and say, I I have stated and will continue to state the names of bastards. No, that you don't have a spot on that list. Yes. You you get you, you don't get to be a bastard in history. You you actually you get to be a hero. Yeah. That brief shining moment, you got to be a hero, just like you always wanted. And we will remember you. And that's what it takes to stop stuff like this, actually. It took like a Republican standing up to the people in his own party and going, whatever the hell I am, I'm not betraying my country for you. <laughs> and that really was an act of bravery from a person who knew like this could be the end of your political career. These people sure. are building gallows chanting your name they're threatening to hang you and he was and like your family Whatever. he was like however the hell this night goes down at the capitol you know what they won't write that mike pence opened the door to fascists that's what they won't write whatever the hell happens in the and history that matters books. and so, that actually yeah. matters so you you mike pence again thank you for sticking around we we vice president mike pence thank you you will go down in history as a hero and those people will be bastards and traitors yep, yep. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> Anthony. Yeah. Let's talk about the poll. The polls. The poll won't be as spicy as the trends, but, <laughs> well, maybe it will be. <laughs> I can't guarantee it won't. Let me take that back. So polls drop every Friday to everybody on social media pages. They're always engaging. They're always good. We love to see you guys. Please comment and share. The most recent poll was from this last Friday. Uh, it says, so from efforts to ban books and restrict transgender athletes to bans against hair discrimination and anti-lynching laws, there's been a flurry of legislation around the country aimed at solving what advocates think are a wide range of problems. But while these laws are good at expressing the social values of the group that passed them, it's often unclear what they mean legally. So our question was, do you think the law should be used to transmit social values or should it be narrow with society doing the work on its own? This poll was one that I I presented. As Alex noted before we started recording, him and I had had a conversation about lynching legislation. And you may have seen in the chat, I actually put the natural hair law question uh, I put some natural hair law questions in our own uh, Slack channel because I just had questions about what the legislation was going to do legally. So like the the, the the hair legislation has primarily been like hairstyles that are primarily used by black people. You can't discriminate, but hair is not race locked. Like white people can get cornrows and they white people can get dreads. That is a thing. Anyone can get their hair cornrowed. I had cornrows in high school. Anyone technically can. So like, how does that legislation function from a legal perspective? Because there are a different set of biases if you see a white person with dreadlocks. Yes, there are. So would that white person have grounds for racial discrimination under the hair law? That's not what advocates intend. Everyone who has seen like who has, I mean, everyone knows the jokes about white people with dreads or white people with afros like Justin Timberlake. When he started NSYNC, he had the like white boy afro. We all have heard the, we all know the stereotypes that go along with it. And the lynching question I had that Alex and I had a conversation about was, is there a agreed upon definition of what a lynching actually is? I asked this to people around me and discovered, at least in my own personal circle, there is not a agreed upon definition of what a lynching is. Francine and I, uh, Francine, the the mother founder, uh, over, you know, overlord 
boss lady. The, the, the boss lady, the true goaded one of Point Cast. Her and I had a conversation. Of all time. Her and I had a conversation about lynching where I was trying to see if there was an agreed upon definition of, of lynching. And so my question that led to this poll was, if we don't have an agreed upon definition of what lynching is, how are we making law around it, not knowing what it is and is not? So that's what led to the poll. Um, yeah, as Francie said, she said to ask what people envision when they think of a lynching. What do you imagine in your head? And that generated some interesting, interesting responses. But again, as a four people, I five people I asked, counting counting Francine, um, I received five different answers. So how can you make a law around that? And that led us to some other interesting conversations, but we may get to those later. I don't want to take up all the time for you guys. So I'll go to you first, Josh. How you feel about the poll question and anything related to it? So just for my own benefit, can you repeat the poll question exactly? Yeah. So do you think the law should be used to transmit social values or should it be narrow with society doing the work, you know, work in quotations on its own? So my initial response, which is subject to change, is no, I do not believe laws, laws specifically, should transmit social values because not only do social values change over time, but social values have always discluded other people. As an example, at one point in time, we had Jim Crow. Those were laws against black people. Their sole purpose was to continue to disenfranchise black people. No, that shouldn't exist. And I'm not even just like saying the egregious examples. I think like the hair laws are dumb. Like I, I think there there are lots of scenarios in where like baked into the legal system are legal ways to fuck people over. And that's dumb. I feel like that shouldn't exist in the law. Now, I I don't agree with it, but I feel like if a community is like, we're going to hate black people. We can't really stop that from happening as long as they're not taking any legal actions toward Black people. But I think the the law should be designed to protect everyone and the community should decide what their values are and uphold that as a community if they want to have. Yeah. All right. Those are my my broad thoughts. I want to get into... the, the lynching definition, because I think that's that's a very interesting conversation. To yeah. Have, but I want to get to that after yeah. we answer the poll question. All right. Alex, let's um, say you, sir. What are laws, if not community <laughs> values? If your society doesn't value uh, human life, then what well, I say, then like, then who are, I say, then what, who are you to, and like, to, to impose like penalties for, for people who, do things to other people yeah like what like laws are nothing but extensions of what we think our values should be so so francine asked in the chat what are the hair laws so i i i will i i will give the one that for instance is new york for instance new york's hair law race discrimination on the basis of hair that's basically the one that the federal law is more or less copied off of they put them in multiple states so right at the beginning it says like uh new york city human rights law protects the right of new yorkers to maintain natural hair or hairstyles that are closely associated with their racial ethnic or cultural identities for black people this includes the right to maintain natural hair treated or untreated hairstyles such as locks cornrows twists braids bantu knots fades afros and or the right to keep hair in an uncut or untrimmed state 
So hairstyles that are closely associated with your racial, ethnic, or cultural identity. You will note this would not protect, as an example, white people from being discriminated against for wearing dreads because it is not commonly associated with their cultural identity. But it would protect white people against, I don't know, buzz cut discrimination, whatever we, the hell we think we associate with white hair. I don't, I'm not even sure what Side that parts. would be. Side <laughs> parts? Bobs. This is act, this is like the actual problem. Is like so that's actually but say but that's not actually true because it was your identity. Yes. I grew up in in like I right. grew up in the hood. I grew right. up and this is this is what all like this is what I wore, this is what all my friends wore. Right. So it just the law does not is this part of my identity. The law does not function. It does not account for the fact that anyone can wear a hairstyle. And the moment they do, they actually assume an entirely different set of stereotypes. And that's why I think it's dumb. Right. Um but, you know, I mean, not to pile on that particular law, I mean, like like transgender athlete fans are going to struggle. I think they are. We have not yet determined what their outcome will be in court. But like last year, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, gay and transgender people uh, that the uh, title protections and, and, and things like, you know, the civil rights law does protect them from workplace discrimination. Like gay and transgender people do have workplace discrimination. So there are some people who think that the transgender athlete bans will actually be struck down uh, because they will violate, I think it was Title Title IX law. Um, we have not yet determined that. But, to, but that's an example of a law of what I'm talking about, right? Which is like, this is a law designed to try and skirt the law and advance the social values of a particular group of people. Yeah. Even though they know it may fail, it may be illegal. It may be bad law. And they know that. This is like what happened with Texas and abortion. They designed the law to skirt the law, knowing that it was bad law, and they did it anyway, because they wanted to transmit a particular set of social values. And that's what I was sort of referring to, Alex. Because on some level, I think you're right, but the stuff I'm referring to is an attempt to to, to skirt around the law in weird ways. Like egregious examples of laws designed right. to screw people. Right, right. And designed to get around currently existing law in a very weird way because you want to make a statement. like Or like book bans. Book bans are not going to be enforceable on schools. Like you see these book ban laws and you if you research them, you'll find they typically give very little guidance to school districts about how the hell to enforce these bans. Because they don't there actually, because there isn't one. They don't really want the schools to like act on their law. They just want to say we pass a law, and then you know, the school ignores them. But they got to pass the law. It's like that's not good law. You're just making a statement, but using the law to do so. And at some point, someone will get sued under this law. You're like, well, we didn't intend for it to happen. Well, you made it a law. Eventually, it will backfire on somebody. Don't make bad law. Like <laughs> that's what you know. So you can see where I stand. I think the law should be kept narrow. And I think we should stop trying to make what is, I think, largely bad law. Although the anti-lynching one is a different one. I, I, that one's not bad law, so I'm happy we'll be picking that one up later. Because I don't think that one's bad law as much as it is. I am curious what, what you'll say about it, Josh. Because Alex and I had the conversation, so I'll let you let you take the lead. But um, if, uh, I do, if I may. Go ahead, man. I, say, yeah, I do go ahead. circle back a little bit and just been like, yeah. but, but, say, but, even, like, but even like the, so even the book burning law, is a say is a way of 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 describing of describing our values. Every law is is an extension of our moral values as a society. And that's not wrong, but I think there there's a difference between values as a society and values in particular communities or values of very specific groups of people in a society that do not reflect 
the values of the whole. Right. I mean, so that, like, that's, so that's like true. The, that's why I said in the question, the book ban laws reflect the values of the body making the laws. Right. Correct. Not necessarily the society in which they live. They're not trying to represent the, the communities in which they live. They don't care about those communities at yeah. all. And that's the problem. That's, that's what right. I think when I say the laws are narrow, I think the laws should, uh, the, the, you, Francine is right. You, you can't separate values from laws and you shouldn't. But I think that the, the values we should apply to the laws themselves are the values of the nation as a whole. Like we as a nation care about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Like those are the three things that we, we say we care about in our constitution. We should make laws to protect those three things. Like you should protect the sanctity of life. You should protect people's freedom and you should protect liberty and, and the pursuit of happiness and all that other nonsense. Those should be the things that we make our laws off of. And then each individual community can decide what they care about. And if you don't like that, you don't have to be a part of that community. In my mind, that's how that should work. But that's not what we do. Instead, we've got these people who are in positions of power who think shit like abortion is dumb and is like, I'm going to make a law against abortion, even though there are lots of scientific reasons why that's bad. And even though their own communities may not always back them. Yeah, right. but it happens anyway. Because these people have capital and power. And... There's not much people can do about that unless they also yeah. have capital and power. Yeah. And the other point that I was, you know, and I'll, I'll let it go after this. I'll move us, you know, I'll let us move on. But the other point that I sort of made when I was talking about this was talking this out with Francine is that I personally think over time this leads to an erosion of respect for the law. Yes. Because when you get bad law that is purely symbolic, people are going to rightfully ask, well, then how much of the law is symbolic? <laughs> how much of it can I safely ignore? That's nothing more than a symbolic thing that has no real meaning for my life. Well, that's probably not a question you want your citizens asking, actually. No, at all. <laughs> so, also, you shouldn't make laws that disenfranchise aspects of your population. But that's, that's I wouldn't say it's a story for another day. It's actually what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that can be a point for another time. Um, yeah. Before we move on, I want to go ahead and circle back and give my answer to yeah. the question of what defines a lynch. Yeah. Because I think when... When we discuss this, everybody in my mind has a different idea of what a lynch is, specifically because so many different types of lynches took place in America. But one of the things that I've noticed was fairly consistent among them is that one, someone died. Two, it was public. And three, there was an audience. So I think that is true. Alex knows where the next question will be. And Francine knows because we had the conversation. Does that describe Emmett Till? Yes. And this is where I think there is a little, I, I, I'm not totally sure it does because there wasn't an audience for the killing, though there was an audience when they kidnapped him. It gets, and you also will note what you did not include was any, do you think a lynching is by default a hate crime? As the federal government describes the hate crime, which is, the person was killed because they were a member of one of the six protected classes. When they made the lynching, the, the, the recent lynching law made it a federal hate crime. But as I noted, historically, lots of white people were lynched by other white people for reasons yes. like cattle ranching, like cattle wrestling. They were just a lynch mob would like, snatch you from the posse, snatch you from the jail, and they would hang you and it was a lynching. So uh, something could be a lynching without being a hate crime, I think. But I agree. I don't think lynching lynchings in general have to be hate crimes clearly a lot of them were <laughs> right right but i don't i don't think they have to be okay and i and that's where i come in that's why i thought the law making it a saying it the sort of tying the two together was a little 
bit of a weird thing, but no one wants Agreed. to be like anti-lynching law because that again just looks really bad. Yes, it Which does. are going to end up that with this like we're unclear of this will be a law that will never be applied more than likely because Same. it'd be so yeah. tricky to try to apply it. Right. Uh, as we did say, and we, I came to the conclusion that, uh, yeah, we're just going to change, we're going to pass this law and then we're going to change the definition of what a lynching is. And that was Alex's point is that we're actually going to change the definition of the lynching to fit the law, which I hope does not happen, but I'm worried might. It, yeah, because it might. That, that, that looks like the next logical step. And so right. I want to I circle back one more time before I get yeah. into a little bit more of a discussion. Alex, the thing that you described where you got a bunch of where you got a bunch of billionaires together in your house and, and you summoned Vlad the Impaler and you impaled, right? Yes. Yep. I would this not is a consider purely that, hypothetical. Correct. I would not consider that a lynching specifically because of the fact that it was not public. It happened in your home. You and Vlad the Impaler were the only two people involved in the killing, other than obviously the victims. So, so and so that's not and entirely so true. I, I wouldn't call it. A, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a private lynching because I don't think a lynching can be private. I would just call that murder. But, but that's, like, that's not entirely true, right? Because they all uh, witnessed each they other don't, being impaled. <laughs> they don't uh, say they don't die from the impaling. They die from so, from suffocation after the impaling. And that's part of so, the public. That's but they still die. So Francine just asked, what is the definition of public? Francine, I'm happy you asked this. Alex, yeah, our conversation. Uh-huh. So part of the idea of a lynching is it has to involve a group. Now, a group is technically more than one. Stop that. That's semantics. This but is my what point, is the Josh. law? if not semantics. But, so that was my point, Josh, was like, no one would describe you and your wife as a group. You are not, you are a couple. We think of group as like eight, ten, a dozen. Like like more than five people, probably. Five or more. In our heads. Except legally, a group is actually just anything more than one is technically a group or a gang. That's dumb. I don't like that. That's dumb. This is where you get into That's bad law. See, this is where you get into issues with the law having to try to like warp itself around like so a more recent example and i know these are hard things that we're talking about obviously that's why i'm trying to bring a little levity but like the killing of matthew shepherd i don't know how familiar you guys are what they did to that boy and the way they left his body it was they, they, they publicly displayed him in a way that was almost entirely reminiscent of lynchings they publicly yes. displayed it for sure but it was only two people who did it now is that a lynching were they a group? Was it public? The killing wasn't public, but they displayed his body in a public. These are all grisly, awful questions. When you start making laws, these are like the things you have to actually start thinking about. It's like, is that they killed him because he was gay? They displayed his body in a public way, but there's only two of them. Is that a group? Is that a gang? Is it a public killing? I don't know. The law has to have answers to these in order for it to continue functioning in society the law has to actually answer like really grisly terrible questions and in order for the law to answer that like society has to actually has to grapple to answer that question with yeah. really difficult questions because it doesn't matter you can call it a hate crime and a murder and they're going away for life either way it doesn't matter what you call it ultimately the punishment is life in prison for what they did and in some states execution for the purpose of good law in the future yeah you have to think about really ugly things sometimes and figure out where the hell would you slot this so yeah that is the poll. I'm sad to report that both the poll and the trend are terrible. Are distressing today. I told you. I, that's why you said the poll won't be as bad. Yeah. I, was like, mm-hmm. I would like to apologize for my part in this. 
Um, it just ended up being one of that one of one of those episodes. But every and, Friday, and, and you know what? It, it happens. It happens. And I think yeah. it's, I think it's important to talk about it because these things don't get talked about enough. And right. yes, they are not fun to talk about. They are difficult conversations. They are not things that you will leave feeling good. But the point is, they need to be discussed. These right. are things we have to grapple with, both as a society and as a greater community. Because like you said, we need to have answers to these things. Yep. And I'm not even gonna pretend that my definition of a lynching is is great. It, it is, it's my personal definition. Yeah. And until we have a more concrete one, that's the one I'm gonna go for. So like at the end of the day, I would I would ask this of all the people who have listened this far. Also, thank you for listening this far. <laughs> you did not have to give us all of your time. Thank you for doing so. But I, I would say not not necessarily to think about what your definition of a lynch is, but I want you to be thinking about the ways that you can define a lot of these scenarios that the law has trouble doing. Because if you can define it, we can define it and make stronger laws against it. So if you can if you can can patent down your idea of things that should not exist in society and what we should call them and what we can do about them. We can make the change we want to see. That's what I'll leave you with. Make the change you want to see. I know I kind of stole that from Gandhi, but that's not the point. Don't make that this church. Either way, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Elyak Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you could also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and I always forget this word, polls, <laughs> like we covered today. Thank you guys for joining me for this incredibly great discussion. Thank you all at home for listening. We'll see you next time. Josh and the crew out. <laughs>